Chapter Five of Master of the Vineyard by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The House of the Broken Heart. The road was steep and very dark, but some unseen power compelled her to climb. Dimly through the shadow, she saw shafts of broken marbles and heard the sound of slow falling waters. The desolation oppressed her, and as she climbed, she pressed her hands tightly to her heart she was alone in an empty world all traces of human occupation had long since vanished brambles and thorns grew thickly about her and her brown gingham dress was torn to shreds rosemary shuddered in her dream for grandmother and aunt matilda would be displeased and yet where were they she had not seen them since she entered the darkness below at first she had been unable to see anything for the darkness was not merely absence of light but had a positive palpable quality it enshrouded her as by heavy folds of black velvet that suffocated her but as she climbed the air became lighter and the darkness less she longed to stop for a few moments and rest but the pitiless power continually urged her on bats fluttered past her and ghostly wings brushed her face but strangely she had no fear as her eyes became accustomed to the all-encompassing night she saw into it for a little distance on either side but never ahead on the left was a vast empty garden neglected and dead the hedge that surrounded it was only a tangled mass of undergrowth and the paths were buried and choked by weeds the desolate house beyond it loomed up whitely in the shadow it was damp and cold in the garden but she went in mutely obeying the blind force that impelled her to go she struggled up the path that led to the house falling once into a mass of thistles that pricked and stung the broken marbles as she saw now were statues that had been placed about the garden and had fallen into decay the slow falling water was a fountain that still murmured choked though it was by the dense undergrowth one of the steps that led to the house had fallen inward so she put her knee on the one above that and climbed up she tested each step of the long flight carefully before she trusted herself to it when she reached the broad porch her footsteps echoed strangely upon the floor each slight sound was caught up and repeated until it sounded like the tread of a marching army vanishing into the distance the heavy door creaked on its hinges when she opened it that sound too echoed and re-echoed in rhythmic pulsations that beat painfully upon her ears but after she was once inside all the clamour ceased she could see clearly now though it was still dark a long wide stairway wound up from the hall and there were two great rooms upon either side she turned into the wide doorway at the right windows grey with cobwebs stretched from floor to ceiling but very little light came through them the wallpaper of indistinguishable pattern was partially torn from the walls and the hanging portions swayed in the same current of air that waved the cobwebs there was no furniture of any description in the room except the heavy gilt-framed mirror over the mantel it was cracked and much of the gilt frame had fallen away she went into the next room then into the one beyond that which seemed to stretch across the back of the house and so through the door at the left of the room into the two on the other side of the house at the left of the hall in the centre of the largest room was a small table upon which rested a small object covered with a dome-shaped glass shade 
precisely like that which covered the basket of wax flowers in grandmother's parlour rosemary went to it with keen interest and leaned over the table to peer in at first she could see nothing for the glass was cloudy she noted with a pang of disgust that the table cover was made of brown alpaca fringed all around by the fabric itself cut unskilfully into shreds with the scissors as she looked the glass slowly cleared the small object was heart-shaped and made of wax in some dull colour half-way between red and brown at length she saw that it was broken and the pieces had been laid together carefully unless she had looked very closely she would not have seen that it was broken suddenly she felt a presence in the room and looked up quickly with terror clutching at her inmost soul a tall grey figure mysteriously shrouded stood motionless beside her only the eyes were unveiled and visible amid the misty folds of the fabric the eyes held her strangely they were deep and dark and burning with secret fires hunger and longing were in their depths and yet there was a certain exaltation as of hope persisting against the knowledge of defeat rosemary's terror gradually vanished she felt an all-pervading calmness a sense of acceptance of fulfilment for a long time she stood there transfixed by the eyes that never for an instant wavered from hers they searched her inmost soul they saw all things past and to come they questioned her challenged her urged something upon her and yet she was not afraid at last with dry lips she spoke who are you she did not recognize the sound of her own voice the lord of life the figure answered in low deep tones that vibrated through the empty rooms like the swept strings of a harp and this is the house of the broken heart i live here why she asked not of my own choice why have you come not of my own choice she repeated dully i came because i had to they all do that is why i myself am here do do many come yes rosemary looked back over her shoulder then lifted her eyes to those of the grey figure then it is strange she said that i am here alone you are not alone these rooms are full but no one sees another in the house of the broken heart each one is absorbed in his own grief to the exclusion of all else only i may see them with bowed heads pacing to and fro on the stairway he went on is a young mother who has lost her child she goes up and down endlessly thinking first she hears it crying for her in the room above and then in the room below her husband sits at the foot of the stairs with his face hidden in his hands but she has no thought for him he has lost his wife and child too poor man said rosemary softly poor woman yonder is a grey-haired woman reaping the bitterness that she has sown there are a husband and wife who have always been jealous of one another and will be until the end of time there is a girl who has trusted and been betrayed but she will go out again when her courage comes back just behind you is a woman who has estranged her husband from his family and has found his heart closed to her in the hour of her greatest need coming toward you is a man who was cruel to his wife and never knew it until after she was dead but rosemary asked is there no punishment none whatever except this 
the consciousness of a sin is its own punishment she stood there perplexed leaning against the table have all who are here then sinned no some have been sinned against and a few like yourself have come in by mistake then i may go the lord of life bent his head graciously whenever you choose you have only to take your gift and depart is there a gift here for me nobody ever gave me anything some one gift is yours for the asking and because you have not sinned you have the right to choose what shall it be love returned rosemary very wistfully oh give me love the lord of life sighed so many ask for that he said they all confuse the end with the means what they really want is joy but they ask for love is there a greater joy than love no but love in itself is not joy it is always service and it may be sacrifice it means giving not receiving asking not answer none the less said rosemary stubbornly i will take love they all do he returned wait he vanished so quickly that she could not tell which way he had gone as she leaned against the table the brown alpaca cover slipped back on the marble table and the glass case tottered she caught it hurriedly and saved it from falling but the waxen pieces of the heart quivered underneath the grey figure was coming back muffled to the eyes as before but his footsteps made no sound he moved slowly yet with a certain authority he laid a letter on the table and rosemary snatched it up eagerly it was addressed to mrs virginia marsh this is not for me she said much disappointed my name is rosemary star it must have something to do with you he returned unmoved however i will keep it until the owner comes she doesn't belong here rosemary answered somewhat resentfully she's the dearest sweetest woman in the world she's alden's mother the one who wrote it may be here or coming he explained patiently sometimes it happens that way there are many letters in this place as he spoke he placed a green wreath upon rosemary's head and gave her a white lily on a long stem go he said kindly but my gift go and find it carry your symbol of hope and wear your wreath of rue you will come to it but where how shall i go from here i'm afraid i shall lose my way the stern eyes fixed themselves upon her steadily do not question life too much he warned her accept it have i not told you to go her fear suddenly returned she went backward slowly toward the door away from the table in the tall grey figure that stood by it holding the letter addressed to mrs virginia marsh when she was outside she drew a long breath of relief it was daybreak and grey lights on the far horizon foreshadowed the sunrise she ran down the steps stumbling as she passed the broken one and went hurriedly down the weed-choked path the broken marble statues were green with mould and the falling waters seemed to move with difficulty like the breath of one about to die the stillness of the place was vast and far-reaching it encompassed her as the night had previously done she soon found the trail that led upward though she did not recognize the point at which she had turned into the garden she had no doubt now about the path she must take it led up up through thorns and brambles 
past the crags upon which the first light shone and around the crest of the peak to what drawing a long breath rosemary started carrying her lily and wearing her wreath of rue the brown gingham hung in tatters and her worn shoes threatened to drop from her feet but the divine fragrance of the lily she bore sustained her as she climbed she was glad she had chosen as she had though his words still puzzled her it is always service she repeated and it may be sacrifice it means giving not receiving asking not answer and yet she mused he said they all asked for it i should have taken the letter she continued to herself alden could have given it to his mother it seems strange to be thinking of him as alden instead of mr marsh and yet it was supremely sweet she felt the colour burning in her cheeks for she knew now that he awaited her somewhere on the height had he not chosen love too were they not to find it together dull prismatic fires glowed upon the distant clouds dawn jewels laid upon the breast of night violet and blue mellowed into opal and turquoise then as the spectrum may merge into white light a shaft of sunrise broke from the mysterious east sending a javelin of glory halfway across the world the first light lay upon the crags then deepened and spread penetrating the darkness below which was no longer black but dusky purple rosemary's heart sang as she climbed and the fragrance of the lily thrilled her soul with pure delight the path was smooth now and thorns no longer hurt her feet the hand that held the lily however was bleeding from some sharp thorn or projection of rock she wiped her hand upon her torn dress and as she did so a drop of blood stained the lily she tried to get it off but all her efforts were fruitless the crimson spread and darkened until half of the white petals were dyed she noted with a queer lump in her throat that the lily was the same colour as the waxen heart that lay under the glass case in the house she had so recently left but she still held it tightly though it was stained and no longer fragrant up somewhere in the sunrise alden was waiting for her and she climbed breathlessly she was exhausted when she reached the summit and the wreath of rue pressed heavily upon her temples she paused for a moment realizing that she had reached the end of her journey rainbow mists surrounded the height but as she looked they lifted she was not surprised to see alden standing there he had been hidden by the mists with a little laugh of joy rosemary tried to run toward him but her feet refused to move then she called alden and again in a troubled tone mr marsh but only the echo of her own voice came back to her for alden did not move strong and finely moulded his youth surrounded him like some radiant garment of immortality every line of his figure was eloquent of his lusty manhood and his face glowed not only from the sunrise but from some inner light service sacrifice giving not receiving asking not answer the words reverberated through her consciousness like a funeral knell she dropped the stained lily and called again weakly alton but as before he did not answer his eyes were fixed upon a distant point where the coloured mists were slowly lifting rosemary cold and still could only stand there and watch for her feet refused to stir hungrily she gazed upon him but he did not see 
for he was watching the drifting rainbow beyond then a cry of rapture broke from him and he started eagerly toward the insurmountable crags that divided him from the vision rosemary saw it too at the same instant a woman whose white gown shimmered and shone and whose face was hidden by the blinding glory of her sunlit hair she woke murmuring his name then rubbed her eyes it took her several minutes to realize that it was all a dream she was in her own little room in the brown house and the sun was peeping through the shutters the holes in the rag carpet the cheap cracked mirror the braided mat in front of her washband and the broken pitcher all contrived to reassure her she sat up in bed knowing that it was time to get up but desperately needing a few moments in which to adjust herself to her realities what had happened nothing indeed since yesterday ah that dear yesterday when life had begun what could ever happen now when all the future lay fair before her and the miseries of her twenty-five years were overwhelmed by one deep intoxicating joy dreams thought rosemary laughing to herself ah what are dreams she opened the shutters wide and the daylight streamed in it was not fraught with colour like the mist of her dream but was the clear sane light of every day a robin outside her window chirped cheerily and a bluebird flashed across the distant meadow then paused on the rushes at the bend of the river and swayed there for a moment like some unfamiliar flower rosemary the shrill voice sounded just outside her door yes aunt matilda she answered happily i'm coming she sang to herself as she moved about her room loving the dear common things of every day the splash of cool water on her face and throat the patchwork quilt and even the despised brown gingham which was at least fresh and clean service she said to herself and sacrifice giving not receiving asking and not answer i wonder if it's true for an instant she was afraid then her soul rallied as to a bugle call even so she thought i'll take it and gladly i'll serve and sacrifice and give and never mind the answer she hurried downstairs where the others were waiting you're late rosemary said grandmother sourly yes i know laughed the girl stooping to kiss the withered cheek i'm sorry i won't let it happen again out in the kitchen she sang as she worked and the clatter of pots and pans kept up a merry accompaniment she had set the table the night before as usual so it was not long before she had breakfast ready her cheeks were flushed and her eyes were shining when she came in with the oatmeal this is for you aunt matilda it isn't cooked quite so much this is for you grandmother it's nice and soft for i soaked it overnight i'll have the eggs ready in just a minute when she went out the other two exchanged glances what asked grandmother do you reckon has got into rosemary i don't know returned aunt matilda gloomily do you suppose it's religion i ain't never seen religion affect anybody like that have you no i ain't aunt matilda admitted after a moment's pondering she reminds me of her ma said grandmother reminiscently the day frank brought her home end of chapter five